0: Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, cause, <clears throat> good day, everyone. This is uh, Kenari speaking. Uh, I apologize. I'm coughing here. Just choked on some water here. So bear with me. <clears throat> I am your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Today is a special program. I doubt if I'm going to get into the... Uh, Torah readings today, but if I do, it'll be great if not. What I'm thinking about doing, since uh, I'll probably have Thursday and Friday off, I'll go ahead and do a uh, Bible study on the Torah readings uh, one of those days. That's what I'm planning anyway. I don't know if it's going to happen, but God willing, I'll be able to do that. So uh, this this program is going to be about Christmas. Christmas is a holiday that's been celebrated uh, recently now, Uh, and it's really in the context of merchandise, gift-giving, spending um, money to, to get gifts for people and so forth. But, of course, people associate Christmas with the birthday of Jesus Christ, and the question that we all must ask is, well, is December 25th, the birthday of uh, Jesus Christ, first of all. So I'm going to address these issues, and, and what I want to say up front, I'm, I'm not uh, here to judge anyone. My job as a servant of God is to teach people the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, God. So if you desire to know the truth about Christmas and about other uh holidays that we practice please continue to listen to this program if not you can just go ahead and do what you want and and god will tell you in the future but um, my job is to tell people the truth out of the bible i'm going to go to the bible and show you that god his feelings about christmas and either you're going to believe it or you're not going to believe it all right so uh my job is not to sit up and judge people you're going to have to make up your own minds based on the evidence that I give you today. But you probably have never heard anything like this before, not to put pat myself on the back, but uh, very few people are actually preaching the truth out of the Bible, like I am. I know that for a fact. And I also am preaching out of the Bible, and the Bible proves this that the Torah, or the law of God should be kept by all of mankind and will be kept by all of mankind. And the reason why we don't have peace, and peace, what is peace? I don't know if people really looked that word up or researched the word peace, but uh, peace means to be tranquil, to be free from agitation or disturbance. Now, do we live in a world today that is free from agitation or disturbance? Now, if you want to be honest with yourself, of course we don't. Of course, we don't. We have to be concerned about locking up our homes, uh, cars. Uh, we, we can't even work today without some person that lost their minds or being uh, depressed because they've lost their job, come in and shoot people. So there's really no safe place in the world today. You know, God has to protect us, and we have to have the faith and trust that He will do that. So we don't live in a world, ladies and gentlemen, that is free from agitation or disturbance. And as I'm going to show you today, the reason why is because collectively as a human race, we don't keep the Torah or laws of God, and that's the reason why we're not free from agitation or disturbance, which is peace. Okay. So let's let's go over this and again, you know, I'm I'm not judging anyone, I'm just giving you the facts. Of what Christmas is all about. Okay, so first of all, let's let's understand what does Christmas mean. What does Christmas mean? Okay, according to this website, is the Catholic Encyclopedia website is www.newadvent.org forward slash c a t h e n. All right, or you can just do a Google search, the Catholic Encyclopedia, and it'll pop in front of your face. The word for Christmas in late Old English is Christus Mass, see, which means the Mass of Christ, first found in 1003 and Christus Messa in 1131. So we understand what the word Christmas means. It means a the Mass of Christ. Now, is there a Mass being conducted on December 25th in, in, in people's homes? I, I don't think so. Um, it, it may be... In some people's homes, they may give a Mass or whatever, but uh, it's really involved with a Christmas tree, It gift under a Christmas tree, and also Santa Claus, which I'm going to talk about a lot here. Now, let's go to Wikipedia. You can go with me if you want. Wikipedia, and they have a nice article on Christmas. Wikipedia is a pretty good source. They do uh, give you references uh, that back up what they're saying, so they, they are much more improved than they ever have been. So when I go to Wikipedia, I'm looking under Christmas, and I'm just going to read this to you. It says, Christmas or Christmas Day is a holiday observed generally on December 25th to commemorate the birth of Jesus, the central figure of Christianity. Now here's where the line begins. The date is not known to be the actual birthday of Jesus. So right there, historians and and experts that study this realize that December 25th is not the birthday of Christ. And yet, that lie is associated with the Mass of Christ, or Christmas. Okay, Now, the date is not known to be the actual birthday of Jesus, so they admit that, and may have initially been chosen to correspond with either the day exactly nine months after some early Christians believe Jesus has been conceived, the date of the winter solstice on an ancient Roman calendar, or one of various ancient winter festivals. Christmas is central to the Christmas and holiday season, so it is central, the Mass of Christ, is central to the to the uh Christmas and holiday season and in Christianity marks the beginning of the larger season as Christmas tide Christmas died, which lasts 12 days whatever that is i think that's another tradition anyway although nominally a Christian holiday Christmas is also widely celebrated by many non-Christians so many non-Christians celebrate Christmas and many of its popular celebratory customs have pre-Christian or secular themes and origins. Popular modern customs of the holiday include gift-giving, music, an exchange of greeting cards, church celebrations, a special meal, and a display of various decorations, including Christmas trees, lights, garlands, mistletoe, nativity scenes, and ho- holly. In addition, several similar mythological figures, such as Saint-, Saint Nicholas, Father Christmas, and Santa Claus, among other names, are associated again, are associated with bringing gifts to children during the Christmas season. Because gift-giving and many other aspects of the Christmas festival involve heightened economic activity among both Christians and non-Christians, the holiday has become a significant event and a key sales period for retailers and businesses. The economic impact of Christmas is a factor that has grown steadily over the past few centuries in many regions of the world, and I want to focus on the economic part of it here because that's what really Christmas is all about these days. Uh, right here in the economic section of Wikipedia, I don't think I'm gonna read the whole thing, but it says Christmas is typically the largest, it is the largest annual economic stimulus for many nations around the world. Let me let me uh, underscore that again Christmas is typically the largest annual economic stimulus for many nations around the world sales increase dramatically in almost all retail areas and shops introduce new products as people purchase gifts decorations and supplies in the united states the christmas shopping season starts as early as october in canada merchants begin advertising campaigns just before halloween and step up their marketing following remembrance day on november 11th in the united states it has been calculated that a quarter of all personal spending Twenty-five percent takes place during the Christmas holiday shopping season. Figures from the United States Census Bureau revealed that expenditure in department stores nationwide rose from $20.8 billion in November 2004 to $31.9 billion in December 2004, an increase of 54%. In other sectors, the pre-Christmas increase in spending was even greater, there being a November-December buying surge of 100% in bookstores and 170% in jewelry stores. In the same year, employment in American retail stores rose 1.6 million to 1.8 million because they hired temporary workers during that time. In the two months leading up to Christmas, industries completely depend. Industries completely depend on Christmas, including Christmas cards, of which 1.9 billion are sent in the United States each year, and live Christmas trees and live Christmas trees rather. Uh, Let me repeat this again. Industries completely depend on. Christmas includes industries that completely depend on Christmas, include Christmas cards, of which 1.9 billion are sent in the United States each year, and live Christmas trees, of which 20.8 million were cut in the United States in 2002. Now, I want you to remember the cutting Christmas trees, or evergreen trees, because we're going to go over that in Jeremiah chapter 10. And I know, realize, some people say, well, this is not talking about the Christmas tree. That's true. But... The idea of it is in that chapter, and I'm going to explain that. But Anyway, in most Western nations, Christmas Day is the least active day of the year for businesses and commerce. Almost all retail, commercial, and institutional businesses are closed, and almost all industries cease activity more than any other day of the year. Okay? So uh, I'm not going to go and read the rest of this. I just want to focus. I want you to understand that this is a big money day. Christmas is all about money now. It's about money. It's not so much about Christ. Uh, it, it's about money, and it's about retailers and manufacturers making a lot of money, and they really depend on it. So that is the fact about Christmas. That's one fact. There's many other facts, all right. But that's that's one of the biggest. Now, before I get into whether Christmas is a lie or not, um, well, we already know it's associated with lies. I want you to understand something, okay? And most people don't understand this, but this world right now is, is being ruled by a a demon called the devil. All right? And 1 Corinthians, or is it 2 Corinthians? Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. I'm reading this in the King James. It says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, That not the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. The God of this world, obviously, is the devil. Uh, As Christ stated in in John chapter 8, the devil has children. And, unfortunately, a lot of people are mixed up with doing things that they don't know what they're doing, because he has blinded them of that. So, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. states this. says, And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, or uh, Satan, or which, as that's in the Hebrew, which deceiveth the whole world, or deceive can also mean trick. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, that's what's going on right now, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The devil has been doing this for years, uh, tricking people and, and making us think that what we're doing is right and what's right is, is wrong and what's wrong is right. And he's been doing that for several years now. It's all, all, he, he originated sin. He originated death, and he's the cause of it. Uh, he's the cause of deception. Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, and this is talking about when the devil is... Um, chained up and I'm looking forward to that day. Revelation 20 verse 3, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive or trick the nations no more till a thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loose a little season. This is going to happen in the future, but it hasn't happened right now, so that's the reason why there's there's great deception or trickery in the world today. Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 11 starting in verse 14, states this, and no marble for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So he can appear to be okay. He can appear uh, to be something that you should worship and something you should listen to, but beneath it all, he's not. He's a he's a great deceiver. He's a great deceiver, as Christ states in John chapter 8 about him, and we have to be careful about him. I'm just telling you this so that you can understand fully where I'm going with this. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. In verse 44, well, actually in verse 42, this is when the um, the Pharisees are arguing with uh, Jesus here. And in verse 39, they were saying, we are... Uh, Abraham's um, Abraham is their father and, and they were trying to use that as defense trying to act like they were holier than Yeshua and then Jesus in verse 39 of John chapter 8 how much time I have left here? Uh, 43 minutes, okay alright, John chapter uh, 8 Beginning in verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham, which uh, involves uh, keeping the Torah, as Genesis chapter 26, verse 5 reveals. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Verse 41, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we be not of fornication we have one father even god and they false accused him because he was not a fornication verse 42 jesus said unto him if god were your father you would love me for i proceeded forth and came from god now you know as i was telling my friend nelson this is he's telling you his origin that he that he uh, he says i proceeded forth and came from god that's the origin of jesus christ what do you want to believe the bible or not he came forth he proceeded forth and came from god that's his origin, okay? Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. So he didn't come of himself, but he was sent by God. Verse 43, why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my words? So they couldn't understand his speech, and they couldn't hear his word, which Hebraically means understand. They didn't understand because they were wrapped up in, in, in what uh, they wanted their father, which he's going to reveal here is the devil. They wanted to do his will. Verse 44, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father he will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. He does not abode in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speak of a lie, he speaks of, of his own, but he is a liar and the father of it. See, he is a father of lies, and he is the father of the great lie of Christmas, that there is a big, fat, Man that gives gifts to people, rise on a ch- uh, rise uh, with reindeer, in the air, and and he. I don't see how he fits in the chimneys, by the way, as big as he is. But but uh, that's the big lie that is told by millions of parents every year, and I'm sure they understand that is a lie. A lie means that you're not telling the truth. And then they said, well, it's a white lie because I'm going to give gifts to my children. Where is that in the Bible where it says, thou should not lie except if you're giving gifts to children? If you can find that, I'll shut up. Okay? But obviously you're not going to find that. But uh, verse 44 of John chapter 8, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and a bold, not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not in... Quite possibly those who listen to me today, because I tell you the truth, out of the Bible, you're not going to believe me either, but, you know, that that's just the way it is. You know, I am I, I have a job to do, and God is, uh, he has uh, obviously given me the responsibility here to, to preach out of the Bible, and uh, too much is given, much is expected, and that's what I'm doing. And in verse 46 of John, chapter 8, he states, Which of you convinces me of sin? In other words, who... Who who can say that I sin because He was perfect, <laughs> and if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse forty-seven: He that is of God hears God's word. So, if you're listening to me right now and you don't feel offended because I'm quoting the scriptures, and you feel, man, this guy is a servant of God and he is preaching the truth. He just all he's doing is quoting the scriptures and he's using outside of Bible. Uh, information to back up the scriptures yeah i'm going to continue to listen to him then he states here he that is of god hears god's words you therefore hear them not because you are not of god but if you have this attitude where hey you know i don't believe that and then you're not of god you're of the devil folks and that's out of the bible and you know he's like, well, you just judged me i didn't judge you i'm just showing you what the bible says okay and Let's understand something, ladies and gentlemen, about the Bible because many people don't understand this. Um, the Bible should be used, and, and I want you to understand something here. In Second Timothy chapter three, starting in verse fifteen, this is what parents should be doing uh, with children, but many of them aren't, and that's the reason why they grow up to be monsters, basically. Um, more, more, more do more grow up to be monsters than. What should be? <laughs> Actually, no child should grow up to be a monster. What I mean by a monster is someone who's just uh, violent and and not wanting to obey God. And you know, not to say that there's not any decent children in the world, but there's more, unfortunately, that are not decent than those that are. And the Bible proves that because the whole world deceived, And the Bible states in First in John, let's, let's read this here. If the world is lying in wickedness, then obviously there's more evil around than good. First uh, John chapter five, First John chapter five, verse nineteen, and we know that we are we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. So if the world is lying in wickedness, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, there's a lot of people. There's evil in this world. That's unfortunate. Now, am I judging those people? No, I'm just stating a fact. Now, and, and second, uh, only God is going to make a final combination and, and uh, throw people in a lake of fire, not me. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to show you where you're wrong at if you want to, if you want to know. <laughs> if you don't want to know, you can just tune me out. And hopefully somebody else uh, that does want to know will listen. Anyway, Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 15. And that, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So... Parents, you should be training your children to know the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. That's 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 what's going to make you wise, the Scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And at this time, the Scriptures was just the Tanakh or the Old Testament. Of course, this is referring to the New Testament or what should be called the Renewed Covenant. Uh, scriptures all scriptures given by inspiration of god and profitable for doctrine for teaching for reproof which means correction uh, for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be perfect that's the goal for all of us to become perfect truly furnished into all good works And, and also the bible should encourage us to do good deeds okay so don't be afraid to be corrected out of the scriptures. I, I still get corrected by the scriptures. As much as I know about the Bible, I, I don't know everything about it. And I get corrected. I get corrected. And there's nothing wrong with being corrected. We all have to be corrected. That's what repentance is talking about. Repent. Change. We all need to change. Because more than likely, we're doing something wrong. Because we have been deceived. Okay? All right. So, and then and this should help you understand Jeremiah chapter 16 here. Jeremiah 16. The Bible says, I've met, talked many times in this program, that the majority of Americans and Canadians and, and those in Northwestern Europe and, and South Africa and Australia and New Zealand are part of Israel. If you don't believe me on that, please uh, go to the website, www.b as in boy, R I T A M as in mother, org to review that. Ephraim is attached to idols That's in Hosea So we are attached to idols Uh, We have a tendency to Want to to, uh, be attached to to, to idols And and that's a fact of our people Let me find that scripture here And quote it to you about Ephraim being attached to idols Uh, Hosea See. Yep Hosea 4 verse Hosea 4 verse 17 Ephraim which is Talking about the 10 tribes Is joined to idols Let them alone Okay so We are joined to idols And, and we, we have our images here In the United States uh, We have physical idols As well as spiritual idols In, in, in the United States And um, Our people ha Do What Gentiles do, and we're partly Gentile anyway, because uh, Ephraim is Joseph's son. And remember, Joseph married an Egyptian, and Joseph was part of the tribes of Israel. So we're we're somewhat Gentile Israelites. We have Israelite's blood in us. So this passage is also talking about us in a way, and plus we are attached to idols as well, as uh, evidenced by one of the most popular programs uh, (laughs) (laughs) on TV right now, American Idol. But Anyway, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, a Gentile shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies. Vanity and things where there is no profit. I want you to focus on that, that phrase, our fathers have inherited lies. What that simply means, ladies and gentlemen, is that our past generations have inherited lies. Okay, and Christmas is definitely one of them. And then verse 20, Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and that they shall know that my name is uh, the Lord, or that's the uh, YHWH, uh, Yahweh, Yehovah, or whatever else. <laughs> people are still trying to figure out exactly what the name is, And uh, but God promised that people will know his name. So, okay. Now, is Christmas a lie? Well, we know it's associated with a lie. But we know that Christmas is supposed to be the mass of Christ. Um, it doesn't appear there's any masses going on in people's homes uh, about Christ. Uh, I think you would need to understand and admit that it is a lie. It is a lie. Uh Jesus' birthday is not on December 25th. And let's talk about the origin of Santa Claus. Let's talk about the origin of Santa Claus. I don't think many people understand where Santa Claus came from. Just as I read to you in Jeremiah 16, verse 19, 21, we just inherit these lies and we don't question them. We think because our parents told us that it must be right, and not necessarily so. All right, and uh, this book called Shocked by the Bible, which I highly recommend that you get. It's by Joe um, K-O-V-A-C-S, Kovacs, I guess, Joe Kovacs. It says, Shocked by the Bible, the, the most astonishing fact you've never been told. It's a good book. only thing that um, probably needs more information is about what happens to you after you die and so forth. But other than that, it's a pretty good book, a factual book, and I recommend you get it. Uh, It's called Shocked by the Bible, The Most Astonishing Facts You've Never Been Told by Joe Kovacs, K-O-V-A-C-S, K-O-V-A-C-S. All right. On page nine of this, uh, it talks about the real Christmas story. This is interesting. A Coca-Cola connection. And I didn't know this. Actually, I had used this uh, for a marketing paper I wrote, but I had no clue that Coca-Cola has something to do with the modern orange in any way of Santa Claus the way we celebrate or envision Santa Claus today. But anyway, the Coca-Cola the Coca-Cola connection on page 9 says as for the customs people associate with Christmas today some are very new while others date back to antiquity from religious other from religions other than Christianity. Among the newer customs is the image of Santa Claus aka Father Christmas or Saint Nick, not to be confused with Old Nick which is another name for the devil. The chubby, white-bearded man in a red and white suit is a result of an evolution of sketches and descriptions from the late 1800s, which is fascinating because during that period of time, that's when the the gap between the rich and the poor actually began around the late 1800s or the early 1800s. And then in the late 1800s, it got worse. Anyway, ironically, the character was not always depicted as an obese old man but appeared younger and elf-like in some illustrations. The image of an old fat man in his red and white outfit received a great deal of help from a Coca-Cola marketing campaign in the early 20th century. The company wanted to remind people that Coke was not just a summertime beverage, so in 1922 it employed the slogan, Thirst Knows No Season. Nine years later, the soda giant used drawings by Michigan-born illustrator Hadan Sunbloom to spread the jolly look of the fat man worldwide. Santa Claus' other name, Kris Kringle, shows how Christianity Intermixed with fiction chris Kringle derives from the word chris uh what is it Kriskindel, which is German for Christ child. It's astonishing that Jesus Christ of Nazareth the Christ child has morphed into chris Kringle a k a Santa Claus, which is very very interesting ladies and gentlemen so that is the the fact about Christmas in, in reference to Santa Claus is the morphing of Jesus. Now, I know Jesus is not fat, is he? Uh, and, he, he and he doesn't go around lying. I mean, he doesn't go around giving gifts to people in the chimney. And, you know, many people don't understand what Santa Claus is, and I hope you understand what Santa Claus is uh, uh, listening to me today. Anyway... Now, here's a subheading on page 9, continue this. abandon the USA. Despite the assumptions of many, Christmas was not a widespread holiday in colonial America. Did you know that? In the 17th and 18th centuries, in the 17th and the 18th centuries, settlers in New England did not celebrate it. Shocking as it sounds, followers of Jesus Christ in both America and England helped pass laws making it illegal to observe Christmas. Again, let me underscore this. Shocking as it sounds, followers of Jesus Christ in both America and England, helped pass laws making it illegal to observe Christmas, believing it, it was an insult to God to honor a day associated with ancient paganism. And it is, despite what people think and try to justify, it is associated with ancient paganism. And I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute, uh, in the remaining uh, 27 minutes that I have here. Okay, most Americans today are unaware that Christmas was banned in Boston from 1659 to 1681. Additionally, on December twenty fifth, 1789, the first Christmas under the new U.S. Constitution, Congress was in session. Whether or not the politicians were actually hard at work is another story. Christmas was not declared a federal holiday until 1870. Okay, so that, that's the facts of Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. We've uh, been celebrating Christmas now uh, for 200 and... Uh, 1870. What is it? 2010. So we we haven't been celebrating it really for a long time the way we're celebrating it now. And uh, it's 2010 right now. You subtract this from 1870. So for 140 years, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been celebrating Christmas the way we're celebrating it today. Prior to that, I just read to you that it was banned and, and people thought correctly about it, that it was wrong to do in the first place. But anyway, that's the truth of the matter. Now, what does God say about lying, ladies and gentlemen? We need to understand what he says about lying, okay? Uh, because that is the thing that that uh, encouraged me. When I was um, 15, 14 years old, I, I think it was 13, 12, I found out that there was no Santa Claus, and I was hurt. I really was hurt. And I think I was devastated by it because I couldn't believe my parents would tell this lie to me for, I don't know, several years about a fat man coming down the chimney and giving me gifts. So I was wondering what else my parents would lie to me about, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was just uh, and millions of parents worldwide tell their children lies every year about some fat man coming down the chimney. I mean, they're doing it for over 140 years. And they they think it's okay, and it's not okay. God hates lying, ladies and gentlemen. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. These six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. He hates lying, folks. Proverbs 12, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance. Oh, nope. That's not the right one. 12, verse 22. Okay, where is this? Let me find this scripture. I hate when I do this. Uh, Let's find it because it's a significant scripture here. Get my concordance out here and I can figure it out. Okay, Proverbs 12, verse 22. Oh, thirteen. That's I turned it the wrong one. Proverbs twelve, verse twenty-two. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. It's an abomination to him. Any any lie is an abomination to God. But they that deal truly are His delight. So He's going to delight in people that are dealing truthfully. When you're celebrating Christmas and putting integrating Santa Claus into it, folks, you are not delighting. God is not delighted in that. He is an abomination to Him. It's totally an abomination. To him proverbs thirteen verse five, a righteous man hates lying, I hate lying, I hate all kinds of lying, and I do the best I can not to lie myself one marking course I took ninety one percent of people lie, that means only nine percent of the population don't lie, folks, and that's sad, but that's that's a bad habit that each and every one of us need to get rid of, and I do the best I can not to lie at all, period. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 5. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips. So a wicked doer gives heed to false lips, and a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. And in Proverbs 30, verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. So Christmas is associated with a few lies. I know most people are familiar with the most popular two lies. The first one is a a big fat man that comes down to chimney every uh, Christmas night and gives gifts to people without no one knowing. And then also the fact that Christmas uh, is a celebration of the birthday of Jesus Christ on December 25th. Those are two lies. Uh, Proverbs 30, verse 8, remove far from me vanity and lies, okay? So God wants us to remove far from us vanity and lies, and Christmas is is probably one of the greatest lies ever told. Um, And, you know, this Christmas thing, finding out the truth about Christmas, was the genesis of me searching for the truth. And it led to me one day, I was so depressed, uh, that had something to do with it, plus uh, I was having family squabbles and stuff. And I ask God to, you know, just just don't allow me to live anymore if you're not going to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. And I want to understand the Bible. And ever since that day, and I think I was 16 or 17 years old, he has done that. He has revealed himself to me. And he's given me wisdom out of the Bible, uh, enough where I could teach people the truth. All right, Jeremiah chapter 10. I'm going to quickly go over this because this is a, a scripture of controversy and When people want to do what they want, they just want to just find excuses to do it. And that's what I view this. Jeremiah chapter 10. I think Jeremiah chapter 10 is pretty clear on (laughs) how God feels about the Christmas tree. All right? Hear ye the word. I don't care what these so-called experts state. I only care about what God says in his word. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. And he's going to give you an example of a custom. For one cuts a tree out of the forest. Now, let me stop. I just read to you that trees are cut. Okay, and celebrate. Well, actually, I didn't read that to you, but we know that that is part of the tradition of Christmas, to cut up evergreen trees, right? Okay, so this is considered... Part of the customs of the people Which he states are vain Okay, One cuts the tree out of the forest And the work with the hands of the workman With the axe They deck it with silver and with gold Now a lot of Christmas trees Have silver and gold decorations on it folks Okay, So the vision is there Now I know that this is not particularly Talking about a Christmas tree But the idea is there Okay, The concept is there And people want to deny that You wouldn't believe the, kind of the, the people That would deny that they deck it with silver and gold, they fasten it with nails, with hammers, that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also does them do any good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who will not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee does it or, pertain for as much as among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like in titty, But they are altogether brutish and foolish. Their stock is a doctrine of vanity. Silver spread into places bought from Tarshish and gold from Euphos. And the work of the workmen in the hands of the founder, blue and purple, is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble. Now, these so called experts stating the fact that this is they did what they did they did is take a tree and they carved it in a human being and they put silver and gold decoration. That's true, okay? But the concept of taking a tree and putting things on it, Christmas the Christmas tree has something to do with that. Alright? So you can't deny that. There are some elements of it in here that is linked to the tradition of Christmas. Alright? And that's something you cannot deny. Now I will state that This is not particularly talking about a Christmas tree. However, I want to state again that this passage is talking about idolatry. And when you understand it, Christmas is idolatry when it's practiced the way it is today. And I'm going to explain why it is in a minute. Uh, Not in a minute, but in this program. And although Jeremiah chapter 10 is not specifically talking about the Christmas tree, it is talking about some elements of the Christmas tree celebration which involves cutting a tree out of a forest and putting silver and gold uh, on it and, and and also the silver and gold you can understand that a little deeper here spiritually <laughs> we spend close to 440 billion dollars a year on the christmas uh i guess you want to call it a celebration a holiday so silver and gold definitely is linked into it not just putting silver and gold decorations but actually the money that people spend and it, and it saddens me each time I say that because right now in this country we have over 40 million people million people that uh, depend on food stamps, and there's many people suffering right now economically. And I know a former presidential candidate, uh, John Edwards, stated that we would need $20 billion, that would be $20 billion a year just to eliminate poverty in this country. Now, we, we go spend $440 billion a year on Christmas on a lie. Why can't we take some of that money and instead of having a Christmas celebration, why don't we give that money to the poor? Give it to the President of the United States to distribute to people who are in need. Now, that's the type of Christmas celebration I know even God would love. Consider that. But anyway... um, Now in Deuteronomy, now it involves a tree and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh the fact that the nation of Israel at one time they had worshipped trees and and they used trees. Uh Deuteronomy chapter twelve verse three. Let's let's turn there here. How much time do I have left? Sixteen minutes, I have to hurry up here. Deuteronomy twelve verse three to quickly talk about this. It says, and you shall overthrow their altars And Deuteronomy 12, verse 3. You shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fires. That word groves means um, Azurah. All right. And it, it means holy trees. Uh, if you looked at it in the, in the basic Bible English version, it means holy trees. And that's what people kind of symbolize a Christmas tree to be a holy tree. And you shall hone them down, the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them. So God wanted that. That image of a holy tree out out of out of his uh, sight. Okay, so and then what grows is translated into Azurah, and it means it's a feminine noun which signifies the Canaanite family, for, for the Canaanite fertility goddess, believed to be the consort of Baal. About because of this association, the worship of Baal and Azurah was often linked together. Okay, so. This is a a God that uh, Israel had a problem with uh, worshiping, and it involved a tree. All right? So I just wanted to point that fact out to you. And God states here, and then people say, well, somebody has pagan orders. We can still do it. Well, what does God say? Deuteronomy chapter 12. Let's go. Deuteronomy chapter 12, starting in verse uh, 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou... Succeedeth them and dwelleth in their land Take heed to thyself that you be not snared By following them after that they be destroyed From before thee that thou inquire Not after their gods saying how did these nations Serve their gods even so will I do likewise Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord Thy God for every abomination to the Lord Which he hateth have they done unto the he hates their abominations Folks okay Um, Which he hateth Have they done unto their gods for even Their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire To their gods so he does not like Uh, The nation's uh, pagan worship Verse 32 Whatever thing I command you observe to do it You shall not add to nor diminish from it Okay so that's The word of God folks That's what that means Now the observance of uh, Christmas Here let me Okay 14 minutes Um, In the United States I've already uh, talked about that But according to the National Retail Federation Research findings The document 2010 Holiday survival kit I just want you to understand something here. Uh, What we spend on Christmas every year is ridiculous. Uh, The average holiday spending by the numbers, we spend $386.55 for gifts for the family, $66.68 for gifts for friends, uh, $19.24 co-workers gifts, $34.76 other gifts, $40.70 decorations, $90.40, $90.40, candy and food, $26.73, cars and posters, $17.03, flowers. We spend a total of $681.83 uh, during the holiday season, which is a lot of money, folks, a lot of money. Okay, and what is it being spent on? Certainly not to help the poor and the afflicted and, and, and the and, and the people that are struggling out here, not to say that some people don't, but there's more people that don't do it than people that do. All right. And the average uh, Black Friday shopper's spend, okay, Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, is $343.31. That's how much we typically spend as a nation right after Thanksgiving on clothes and all the other items I just mentioned to you. Now, Black Friday, uh, more shoppers, uh, modest sales by CNN, that's the article that I researched on Google uh, to state this factual statistic. Black Friday sales were ten point seven billion dollars. That's just on Black Friday alone. It's a lot of money. And the National Retail Federation is predicting four hundred and forty seven point one billion, that's what it'll be, dollars of sales this year. Okay, so as I told you before, Christmas is all is about money. That's all is about uh some you know people may sincerely do it, celebrate Christmas, but they're sincerely wrong. And for those who want the truth, continue to listen. And, and, and be corrected But Anyway The important thing To understand Is Christmas Is associated With two lies Okay The first Is that there Is a fat man In a red suit That flies in the air With deer And gives gifts To people By uh, going down A chimney Before December 25th How does he fit In some chimneys As I mentioned To you earlier Millions of parents tell their children every year that Santa Claus is going to give them some gifts, and you better be good so, uh, for Santa going to, so Santa can give you some gifts. So they're taught to be good just to get something, which is not biblical. You shouldn't just be good just to get something. But anyway, this is not a white lie. It is a lie, and it's not the truth. Of course, children discover the truth, and they wonder why their parents lied to them. Of course, the second lie, again, is Yeshua was born on December 25th. He was not born on December 25th, and this can be easily proven. God would never approve of any holiday that's associated with a lie or violating his Torah law. Now, Jeremiah 10, again, is not specifically talking about a Christmas tree. However, some parts of the Christmas celebration or the Christmas tree tradition is revealed in the chapter, or or the idea or the concept, taking down a tree, setting it up, putting stuff on it. That's, That's still the idea, even though it's not particularly talking about a Christmas tree. Trees, silver, and gold is a part of the imagery there, okay, of the concept. And there are trees involved in Christmas celebration and much silver and gold. As I stated, $440 billion a year of it. Now, what is idolatry in the context of Christmas? Well, let me just quote these scriptures here. Um, 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verse 23. For rebellion is like the sin of sorcery. Stubbornness, like the crime of idolatry. Stubbornness meaning not willing to want to do what you're told. And, and you, if you look at the context of where the scriptures run, in 1 Samuel, it's referring to King Saul, and God told him to do something, and he didn't want to obey God. So when you don't want to obey God, it's like the crime of idolatry. Stubbornness or not wanting to obey is like the crime of idolatry. It says, because you have rejected the word of Adonai or the Lord. I'm reading this complete Jewish Bible version. If you reject God's word, it's like idolatry. He, too, has rejected you as king. The above scripture, or the scripture, rather, is in the context of King Saul, as I stated to you before, refusing to obey God. This is a form of idolatry. If you want to do your own thing, it's a form of idolatry. Therefore, put to death, and this is in Colossians 3, verse 5 to 6, put to death the earthly parts of your nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is a form of idolatry, which is... What Christmas is all about today, in most cases. For it is because of these things that God's anger is coming on those who disobey Him. Yeah? Oh, disobedience, again, is linked with idolatry. Colossians 3, verse 5 to 6. Unfortunately, Christmas does influence greed. Some people lust for Christmas gifts so bad that they still give some others. I was just hearing on, on CNN about. Uh, uh some, some women they left they, they bought some Christmas gifts and they left it in the car, somebody broke in the car and stole it. And then I heard that people uh somebody was nice enough to give them money to uh, uh to, to buy some more gifts that was nice. But still the point of the matter is people do steal uh Christmas gifts from other people around this time. And then many people get up early in the morning and stand outside for hours. For hours at stores on Black Friday so that they can get their favorite gifts before someone else gets them. <laughs> And that's ridiculous. Uh, If people just stood up for hours to pray to God, I mean, that that would make a difference, wouldn't it? Anyway, it is so true that we are not to judge people who observe pagan days. Like I said, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, it it also is true that uh, God did not desire to convert the nations before Yeshua's death. Let's turn to that scripture, because I was listening to this uh, teaching, and they emphasize that so much. But I'm going to show you another scripture that... uh, perhaps they may not be aware of it, whatever, that they need to also preach. But Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 19, says, Unless thou lift up thy eyes into heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven should be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God has divided into all nations under the whole heaven. In some Hebraic translations it states that he has given that to the nations to observe. But as I stated to you and read to you in Deuteronomy chapter twelve, God hates that. He, he doesn't like it, even though He's given it to them to observe. He doesn't like it. And then Acts seventeen verses twenty nine to thirty one states the following: You know, He may He 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 allows it, but just because He allows them doesn't mean He likes it, folks. Okay, so let, let's understand that. And and uh, Acts seventeen verse twenty nine to thirty one. So since we are the children of God, Acts seventeen. Acts chapter 17, verses 29 and 31. So since we are the children of God, we shouldn't suppose that God's essence resembles gold, silver, or, or stone shaped by human technique and imagination. So this is if you read Acts chapter 17, he's in Greece, and Greece was one of the... <laughs> they had idolatry all over the place, okay? And they believed in all types of gods. And that's a symbol of our world today, basically. And and Paul is t- stating the fact that we are all the children of God. It's not just the Jews' show, folks. We We are all the children of God, and that's the point he's making here. So since we are the children of God, we shouldn't suppose that God's essence resembles gold, silver, or stone shaped by human technique and imagination. In the past, in the past, folks, God overlooked such ignorance. But now he is commanding all people everywhere, all people everywhere, to turn to him from their sins. For he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world and do it justly by means of a man whom he has designated, which is Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, and he has given public proof of it by resurrecting this man from the dead. So ever since the resurrection of Christ, there's no more excuses, folks. If you're listening to me, you have been told the truth about Christmas and that you should not celebrate it. The number one reason why is because it's associated with a lie. It's associated with a lie. And God is not overlooking the ignorance of the nations anymore. He desires all of mankind to repent and obey his Torah or law of God. in Isaiah chapter 66 states the following. This is the, going to be the world in the future, ladies and gentlemen. We all are going to be obeying God's law. Keeping the Sabbath and keeping the holy days of God. Not Christmas and Easter and Halloween and Valentine's Day. Isaiah chapter 66 starting in verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, which, when you understand uh, the new moons, it's associated with God's holy days in Leviticus chapter 23, and from one Shabbat or Sabbath to another, shall all flesh, not just the Jews, but all of mankind, Come to worship before me, says the Lord. And verse 24, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses or bodies of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence, a to all flesh. So he's, he's, uh, there, there's a dichotomy here of those who obey and keep the Shabbat in the holy days versus those who don't want to obey him. That's going to be the fate of anyone that does not want to obey God. So that that is the truth of of, of, of the matter, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, here's another scripture that I'm going to quote here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, starting in verse 13 to 14. Says, "Here is the final conclusion. This is the complete Jewish Bible version. Ecclesiastes 12 verses 13 to 14. Here is the final conclusion. Now that you have heard everything, fear God. And how do you fear God? Keep His mitzvah or commandments. That's what mitzvah mean in Hebrew, uh, commandments. This is what." Being human is all about. That's what being human is all about, to obey God. Fear God, I mean for God, will bring to judgment everything we do, including every secret, whether good or bad. Here is the final conclusion. Now that you have heard everything, fear God and keep his mitzvah. This is what being human is all about. That's what being human is all about, ladies and gentlemen. We must all avoid the spiritual idolatry of money, celebrity, and fame, and television. If any, and I got that from uh, First Fruits of Zion's uh, teaching on um, what is paganism. I suggest you get it. Um, You you will learn some things from it. Uh, And I just don't agree with their their teaching about the fact that, uh, well, God uh, does not require the Gentiles to keep the Torah. I totally disagree with that because if you look at all the scriptures, it's because the nations aren't obeying the Torah now that we don't have peace. So if God is revealing information to you to keep the Torah, then he's expecting you to obey it. All right, so anyway, uh, James 1, verse 27, we must all avoid the spiritual idolatry of money, celebrity, and fame and television. Any holiday has any elements of spiritual or physical idolatry. If it violates Torah, then we should avoid it. This is based on James 1, verse 27 and 1 John 2, verse 15 and 17. And then James 4, verse 17 states, so then anyone who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it is committing a sin. And if someone does not understand what they are doing wrong, then it is not sin. That's found in Luke chapter 12, verses 47 to 48, and John 9, verse 41. Our goal as believers is to teach and correct, not to judge those who desire to know the truth. They have to desire to know it. If they don't want to desire to know it, don't teach them. They'll be taught through punishments, and hopefully they'll wake up. Anyway, Psalm 119, verse 142 states that your Torah, or the law of God, the teachings of God, is the truth. The only way that we will have worldwide peace, ladies and gentlemen, the only way that we're going to have worldwide peace is when everyone keeps the Torah of God. Peace means to be tranquil, as I stated before, free from agitation or disturbance. Do we live in a world today that is free from agitation or disturbance? Of course not. And so the key to this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, is we must get with the program and we must obey God. Um One last scripture here to explain the reason why we don't have peace. I wanted to quote some other scriptures. Maybe I'll do it next week. But Isaiah chapter 24, to end with this, says, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty. Isaiah 24, verse 1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty, and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest; as with the servant, so with his master; as with the maid, so with her mistress; as with the buyer, so with the seller; as with the lender, so with the borrower; as with the take of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly empty and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word: the earth mourns and fade away; the world languishes and fade away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled, or under a state of decay, under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the laws. Changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant, which is God's Torah, verse six, therefore have the curse, devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate, therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left, and that's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, because as I stated the majority of the population of the world refuses to obey God, some of that may be out of ignorance, but in either case or uh in either case is is whenever you sin it brings curses. So anyway, please listen to the ending of this program, the audio version, because it kind of summarizes exactly what we need to do. We need to keep the law of Moses, which is the law of God. And may God bless and keep you. And I will speak to you, God willing, next week. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble.